Welcome and thank you for joining us today on our podcast. I'm Marvin Telemontis, the pastor of River Rock Fellowship. Hope this inspires you and builds up your faith and helps you to see that God is moving in your life. Enjoy the message. Now, Louis Pasteur was ridiculed by all of his peers because he had the audacity to think and to say that I think all of the infection that's coming in these surgeries that I'm performing, that other people are forming, and when we're amputating, and there's all these problems, I think probably what we need to do is use soap and water and clean ourselves before we do surgery and clean the tools and the apparatuses that we're using in surgery. Now, to hear it today sounds like lunacy. You're kidding me. There was a time, it was so barbaric, that they would literally, especially in a time of war, they would go from amputating this soldier's leg to going to this one and that one, and all they would do is just get enough of the blood off so they could grab their utensil and go again. We laugh at that. Nobody stopped to think that the invisible could impact the visible. And because of that, people were dying needlessly because they didn't bother to disinfect, to use soap. He was ridiculed for going along with what the world and modern medicine believed at the time was the way to go because he bucked the system. He had a whole industry that was against him. You ever feel that way as a Christian? You ever feel like, wait a minute, I know this is the problem, and everybody wants to cancel you, wants to call you names. This week, as we begin this brand new sermon series called Collide, it seems like from the very beginning, of this thing called faith, there was opposition. Because the values of the world and its culture do not align with the values of Christian faith. Because the priorities, when I, when I say the world, I'm saying the father of lies, Satan, the devil, okay? He has so permeated those who are not exposed to the gospel, those who have not given their life to Christ as of yet, he has so filled that place or that thought process with so much lies, so much deception that their priorities, their values are in complete opposition to the things of God. Because the kingdom of man is not seeking the same things as the kingdom of God. The world, much like those who oppose Louis Pasteur, and his theory of germs, well, they collide with the Word of God. They think it's illogical. They think it's ridiculous. Or that it does not compete with the supremeness of science. And yet over and over again, we find science finally catching up to the Word of God. Yet the truth is, there's an invisible world that is constantly impacting 
our physical, visible world. Let's look at some contrast between what the world believes and what the Bible says. The world says that the Ten Commandments should never be posted in a courtroom. And the Christian faith says you have no law without the Ten Commandments. In Exodus chapter 20, verse 13, I didn't put it in your notes. It says, you shall not murder. You must not murder. Don't kill innocent people, right? Yet in our culture, we have those who want to legalize killing of euthanasia. All sorts of things that we want to legalize. And yet, God says, don't do that. We got another one where it says, you must not commit adultery. Yet in our world, there are websites that advocate doing exactly that. By the way, did you know that there was a, there's a phrase out there? It's called, because of the COVID, COVID-19, the coronavirus, or Wuhan virus, whatever you want to look at it. There is a phrase that's called boomer remover. That's what they refer to because it primarily attacks the older folks. You can check it out on Newsweek. Folks, what's all this animosity? Why, why is there so much hatred? How about thou shalt not steal? Yet there are those in our culture who believe taking and stealing from those who honestly earned it, take it from them and give it to those who have not worked and have not earned it. Do you see the, this collision? How we collide? We should not be surprised when we experience conflict, when we experience tension in this world, because as we continue to serve God, this group, although they've been listening to the Father of Lies, they cannot comprehend these things of God. They literally are foreign. They're not our enemy. What's it say in Ephesians? It says that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principality and powers in high places. I'm not wrestling against those who don't believe the way I believe. Did you catch that? And how many Christians out there, well, you don't believe this way conservatively, and you don't believe this way over here, and you didn't, like, why are you fighting and debating? Love conquers all. Love. You know, frozen ice, I mean, it can be literally feet thick. And when it's that thick, it is strong enough that they literally make highways in Alaska where 18-wheelers literally drive across these huge lakes on 18-wheelers so they can get product and equipment from one place to the other where they can't do it any other time of year unless the lake is frozen over. But then, of course, when the ice begins to thin out, even a thin person could walk on the ice and not know when they're going to fall through. That when that next step happens, everything will break through. There will be nothing, no structure, no foundation to hold them up. The world's values, the world's priorities are truly like 
thin ice. It might appear thick and strong, enough to drive a heavy load on it. But before long, the world's values begin to thin out. So much that at any given step in life could cause you to fall through without any warning. Because the father of lies is always lying to anyone who will listen, who will be willing to build their lives on thin ice. When a person builds their life on thin ice, they're just never quite sure if they're going to land on solid ground. Things are going to shift. It's going to go from winter to spring, spring to summer. What now? Now what Jesus teaches us is different. That we're to trust in the consistent, in the internal teachings of the Holy Scriptures. Of the solid, unmoving foundation of God's truth. Let's go to Colossians chapter 2, verse 8. And it says, Beware lest anyone cheat you through philosophy and empty deceit. I mean, he's trying to say when somebody's trying to lie to you, they're cheating you. Catch that? Beware lest anyone cheat you. Through what? Through philosophy and empty deceit, according to the traditions of man, according to the basic principles of the world, and not according to Christ. I mean, in this one verse, the Apostle Paul warns us about the world's logic and the world's values, the world's priorities. Am I saying? That all the intelligence and, and the knowledge of medical field is, is all bad? No. Anything good is from God. Te technology used correctly is phenomenal. Technology used wrong is what? Corrupt. Wicked. But when we have somebody who's trying to steer us to believe things that just aren't true, now we got problems. That's why we got to stand firm on the Word of God. You know, there's times when you can gather together for a great meal. I don't know, you can have a 13-course meal, something crazy. And you just get into it, you eat everything. I mean, you're just full. They're bringing a hand truck to get you out to your car. Right? But then you don't eat anything on Monday or Tuesday or Wednesday. Now it's Friday. Now it's Saturday. You don't ever eat for six days. But you come back. And there's that 13-course meal again. You see where we're going with this? You see, if we don't have a regular spiritual diet, if we don't have regular time with God, we can't just have a wonderful Sunday service, have a 13-course meal, and think that's going to sustain us till next Sunday. You are spiritually starving. You'll look gaunt and grayish. I mean, you're going to look, 
Good morning, brother and sister of the Lord. What if you're eating a healthy diet of the Word of God and you're exercising the Word of God day in, day out? By the time you come to Sunday, you're like going, you know what, I don't even need all of that. Why? Because Monday's coming. I don't have to eat at all because I'll have some on Monday and on Tuesday and on Wednesday and on Thursday. I'll have pizza on Friday. So why, how do we know when something we hear is, is worldly of, of really of the father of lies? How do we know when something we hear is godly of the word of God? How do we know when we're being led astray or worse, being held captive by a worldly principle or, or a teaching that's against what God would want us to do? As we get started, I'd like to draw your attention back to that illustration about thin ice regarding worldly principles and teachings I, what I would like to refer to as thin ice you'll never quite <clears throat> you're never quite sure if you're going to land on a solid foundation when it comes to worldly principles and values just like ice I mean it was serious when we lived in the Midwest you didn't mess around with ice you just don't. Why? It's not reliable. How many know somebody who's fallen through ice? You know what I'm talking about. So, this is an important lesson to remember. The world's values are inconsistent and untrustworthy. They're inconsistent and untrustworthy. So let me help, help illustrate this point with something that we're all familiar with. One of the primary mottos of the kingdom of man would be, follow your heart. Now, I thought that was right, and I taught that. But if you really follow the logic on that, follow your heart. What if my heart is selfish? What if it's wicked? What if it has some evil in it? What if it's really, really twisted? Are we to follow our heart? Or how about do whatever makes you happy? What about those pedophiles? Do whatever makes you happy? Do you see, you see where we're going with this? Let's look and see, because th these kinds of things, we're not paying attention, but they're shaky, they're inconsistent, they're thin eyes. It says in Jeremiah 17, verse 9, it says, The human heart is the most deceitful of all things and desperately wicked. Who really knows how bad it is? The, the, word is saying, the world says, follow your heart. But what if the world is not redeemed? What if it's not submitted to God and not submitted to God's righteousness? The Bible warns us. That a self-centered heart is wicked, it's deceitful, it's confusing. Have you ever followed your heart and you knew your heart was wrong? I'll just raise up my hand, nobody else has to. Yeah, we, we know what I'm talking about, right? But how about when your heart was really submitted to God? And you go, 
man, I don't want to do that. All right, I'll do it, Lord. And all of a sudden, something beautiful comes out of it. And that's for whosoever. Even if a person is distant from God, the Bible still works. What do you mean? You reap what you sow. Have you ever gone up somebody, I don't know, at Walmart, a waitress, I don't know, some, a flight attendant, whoever it was, and they were cranky. Bring your stuff. Sit down there. Hey, how you doing today? How's your day? And you just were nice. And you were just kind. What happens? Most of the time, they smile at you. They return that kindness. Hey, I'm sorry for being rude. See, you reap what you sow. You sow kindness, you're going to reap kindness. You sow love, you're going to reap love. It works for whosoever. Why? It's a truth. It's a God principle. Jesus says in Matthew chapter 10, verse 39, If you cling to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for me, you will find it. Now, this is just incomplete. It's colliding with the things of the world. It doesn't make any sense. I remember hearing all the time, hey, kids, take off and find yourself. Run to Europe and get a backpack. Right? Seems great. Go find yourself. But that's not what Jesus, Jesus says. Hey, give up your life for me and you will find it. Do you see the, like, Wow. God's ways are not the world's ways. The world says that you, not God, need to make sure you're happy no matter what. But Jesus says we should lose our lives for his sake. Meaning that we're to willingly, humbly trade our self-centeredness for the desires of the kingdom of God. Do you know what happens when I put God first? He'll, he'll provide everything. Matthew 6, 33, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. I don't know why we think that Christians are supposed to be mopey and sad and angry and mean. It's supposed to be the most joyful, happy, fun people. I remember one time my wife and I, we were on a marriage retreat on, on a cruise. It was awesome. As guest speakers, we got to go as part, of the, as part of the gig. It was great. And finally, this old timer came up to our table. Because, you know, in those places, you eat at the same table for all the meals with the same people. And so a bunch of us from, from our marriage conference were always eating together. And this old timer came up to us. He goes, all right, what are you guys drinking? I've watched you guys for days now. And I'm not getting it. Are you guys getting drunk before you get here? And we looked at him and I said, why? He says, you guys are just way too happy. He says, whatever you're doing, keep it up. Well, we said, you know what? I think it's all that Jesus stuff, believe it or not. And he laughed and I laughed. And he catch it? Your faith should bring joy that other people see it. Your family should see it. They should be attracted to it. Now, the next passage of Scripture, Jesus is teaching the great Sermon on the Mount, which is in, in Matthew chapter 5, 6, and 7. Here in chapter 7, towards the end, 
He says, verse 24, anyone who listens to my teachings and follows it is wise like a person who builds a house on solid rock. Though the rain comes in torrents and the floodwaters rise and the winds beat against that house, it won't collapse because it's built on bedrock. But anyone who hears my teaching and doesn't obey it is foolish. Like a person who builds a house on sand, or can I say thin ice. When the rains and floods come and the winds beat against the house, it will collapse with a mighty crash. Isn't it true? Maybe you've seen somebody you know, a friend, a family member, or maybe even yourself. There was a crisis in your life. And the storm, the tempest of life came hard. And if you were founded on the truth of God's word, you were able to hook arms and figure it out together with the leading of the Holy Spirit. But how about those situations where the Lord's not there as the foundation? Well, I got this idea. Well, I got this idea. Well, you're this. Well, you're that. Anybody play sports? How many know you've won once you got the other team fighting against themselves? The enemy of your soul knows if I can get that husband and wife fighting against each other, he's won. It won't be long before they're filing papers. I'm right. You're wrong. What's more important than the marriage? Let's get over who's right, who's wrong. Let's get to truth. Let me say where I'm I'm wrong, I'm wrong. Let me own that. Did, Did you catch what Jesus is showing us there? He's saying, here's bedrock, here's sand. I like to call it thin ice. There are two, in contrast, two opposite ways to go at this thing called life. Did you catch that? So why does it sound so appealing to follow my self-centered heart to make me happy? Well, let's be honest. If we're honest about it, the values of the world, they're attractive. Because worldly values are seductive. They really are. Another word for seductive could be enticing. Either way, the truth is, many things in, in our world try to give us and tell us to look this way because it sounds just so attractive, only to find out later it was wrong. There's a phrase, you guys have all used it, if it sounds too good to be true, it is. But it's so seductive, so tantalizing. And people say, well, it, it, doesn't, it doesn't meet the needs. Really? It does meet the need for a little while. And then after a period of time, the ice is too thin. And then it breaks through. And now the, the consequences of life come through. Let's look at 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 3 and 4. For a time is coming when people will no longer 
listen to sound and wholesome teaching. They will follow their own desires and will look for teachers who will tell them whatever their itching ears want to hear. They will reject the truth and chase after myths. You see, the Apostle Paul, he's speaking in a prophetic voice to the, really to the future, to where we're at today and even beyond. It says that many people would spend their entire lives searching for truth that lined up with giving permission and approval to their lifestyle. They're presented something that is meant to bring conviction there in Timothy. I don't know if maybe you've been in this place or not, or, or maybe you know somebody. But there's sometimes when somebody is so convinced, they just want to do what they're going to do no matter what. And what happens is when we get into that and we forfeit truth, we forfeit doing things the way God wants us to do it, we're going to do it anyways, and then what happens? Pain, suffering. And the sad thing, sometimes that suffering is not just you. It's all those other people you care and love. And they had nothing to say yes or no to the decisions I was making or you were making. It gets real serious, doesn't it? And I'll tell you why. As you go to John 10, 10, sometimes we, we don't like to talk about this, but there really is an enemy of your soul. And it says here in verse 10, the thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. Say it with me going on here. Ready? Begin. I, that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. Jesus is saying, I have come so that not only will you get life, but you're going to have it abundantly. Now that's incredible. But the enemy comes out to steal, to kill, to destroy. How? Through lies, deceit. Go ahead, live this way, how the world is saying. Believe the lies. And all of a sudden we're like, what lies are you talking about? Live just for me? I got to get what I want just for me. If I don't do it for me, who's going to do it for me? Does that sound like God? You see that self-centered stuff. We got to learn to stand firm on God's word, even when it seems like it's not working. Well, there's something else that has to happen. My son's got a green thumb. He loves to grow a garden in the backyard. Um, but if Hunter was to go back there and get out everything out of that soil, and he's got all the nutrients that he could ever want in that soil. I mean, there's not one weed, not one thicket. No, it's the best soil ever. But if he doesn't plant any seeds in there, he'll never have a garden. But he'll have the best soil in all of Lodi and the surrounding areas. Great dirt. Way to go, boy. Well, he ain't got no garden. See, you can be the Christian who goes, I'm not going to believe the things of the world. I'm going to stay away from those lies and those false teachings and those philosophies. I'm going to stay away because I don't agree with it. Ew. 
What are you putting in your garden? If you don't plant the seeds of the Word of God in your garden, in your soul, before long you're going to be back out there because somebody else is going to blow some seeds. Before you know it, you're going to have more weeds. And you're going to go, I thought I pulled all the weeds out. And you're going to have to pull more weeds. Am I making it up? And you go, nope. You have to have the righteousness and the gifts of the Holy Spirit planted in your soul. How do you get that? Spend time with God every day. Spend time with Him. What does that look like? Pray, read, contemplate. Wow. It's just not enough. Allow the Holy Spirit to guide you. Matter of fact, let's go to John 14, 17. This is, he is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. The word cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him. But you know him. Who's him? Holy Spirit. Because he lives with you now. Because this is happening in a sequential order before Acts chapter 2 when the Holy Spirit comes. Jesus has to die, get buried, and resurrect. That hasn't happened yet. But he's teaching that soon when that all happens, he's going to send the paraclete, the Holy Spirit, the great comforter. The Holy Spirit. But you know him because he lives with you now. Later he will be in you. Jesus invites us to allow the Holy Spirit to lead us into all truth. Once we begin to follow God's lead, we'll be able to experience the best life possible. You know, it's funny, sometimes I'll, I'll hear Christians and it's kind of like, you know, it says not to put God to a foolish test. And then I'll hear Christians, oh, I just love the Lord because I just come up to Walmart and I say, Lord, give me a parking and it's right there. Like, is that how you're going to lose you be in relationship with the Holy Spirit for parking spots? I think there might be something more. Amen. He offers us abundant life. It's found in the kingdom of God. The world's trying to draw you in constantly, me and you, into values that are inconsistent. They're always seductive. And even at worst, they're destructive. But today, as we begin this new series, we all have an opportunity to invite the Holy Spirit into our lives at a greater depth, at a greater way than we've ever had before. So let me suggest a few things. Number one, first step, call out and recognize those false truths in your own life. You know, when we say follow your heart, if your heart's not redeemed, man, that's risky. Or how about do whatever makes you happy? <sighs> risky. You're an army of one. How does that even make sense? You become anything you set your mind on. Guys, I worked really hard to become a professional athlete. I even trained with Vince Ferragamo, MVP quarterback, 
back in the day, I was a legend in my own mind. Oh, it was awesome. I trained, I trained, and everything else. But I blew out that ankle so bad. I, you know, it didn't matter how hard I worked. I wasn't going to recover well enough for that. And I have white man disease. I trained and trained to try to slam dunk. I came so close. I'm too short. And I don't have any jumps. So why do we tell everybody, you can be anything you want? It's not true. You are gifted for a certain thing. Find out that gifting and let God do anything he wants in you and through you and watch what that will be. When you admit that the enemy of our soul, he knows what entices us. He knows what is attractive to us. He knows what will cause us to still kill and even grab our attention away from those things we know God wants us to be involved in. If you don't want to admit that, you're at a massive disadvantage. We need to trust the Holy Spirit to lead and guide. Are you trusting him? You asking him? He's free. So the question is today, will you choose to stand today and every day going forward with godly truth? Or is it, I don't know, maybe I'll think about it. <laughs> or will you choose to trust the leading and the guiding of the Father of your soul? Jehovah. Jesus, Holy Spirit. Will you make a daily commitment to spending time with God? Whatever that looks like for you. For some of you, it might just be reading one single verse. For God so loved the world. And you're done. For somebody else, it might be spending a whole hour. What's it look like for you? You bow your heads, close your eyes. We ask the team to come on up. Father, we love you. We know that there is this constant war within me. Even in Romans chapter 7, Lord, it, it says, Paul says, the thing I don't want to do, I, I'm doing it. And the thing I do want to do, I don't do. Oh, wretched man that I am. Father, there's a constant war inside of us. To want to do the right godly thing or to actually do the things of the world that are against you. And without the power of the Holy Spirit, we cannot fight back. It will be a collision and we'll collide and we'll collide and we'll buck and we'll buck heads. But there won't be any victory. So we need you. As we face a world that's angry against you. Help us to be that demonstration of love and kindness that can draw them to the peace of God, to the salvation of God. Oh, Lord, bless your people. Fill them with your spirit, I pray. 
Well, we hope this message helps you to take your next step closer to Jesus. Here's a great question to ask yourself right now. How will I be different because of what I just heard today? Well, for more info about us, go to rrf.church or find us on Facebook. I'm Pastor Marvin thanking you for taking the time to join us.